Hello, Adam. Long time no see, no talk. How's it going? <laughs> yep. Long. <clears throat> Long time. About an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to call in. Looks like I'm fading in and out. A little bit. I thought it was my ears popping for a second. My microphone might be popping. Uh, maybe um, it sounds good, though. I got home, and I made chicken really oh, quick. What kind Deep of fried. chicken? Breaded oh, and fried. Wow. wow. How fast <laughs> so are you at that well, stuff? That sounds so, like, difficult to me. If, and time if cooking is in a process <clears throat> at this point, it's not worth doing. Uh, it's icy. You know, I, 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 it needs to be like an artistic process. You cut the chicken, you pound the chicken, you flour the chicken, then you egg the chicken, then you bread the chicken, and then you fry the chicken. And then you eat <laughs> the fucking chicken. <laughs> the fact that you had so little time, I'm amazed that you did it. I ended up 
getting sushi on my way and I barely mm. had, I think, seven minutes to eat uh, four pieces before calling in to the radio show. I rode home and made chicken. And here we are. And I was going to play the D'Agostino version of that milonga, but then I saw that Mm. Troilo has one. And of course, I'm never going to choose D'Agostino over Troilo. (laughs) Why? Why? Why not? They actually sound almost exactly the same. Which year is D'Agostino and which year is Troilo? I'm assuming D'Agostino is early 40s. Um... 42, yep. And this yeah, is 43. Troilo is too, yeah. Yep. So that's why so, they probably very... sound similar, yeah. Interesting. Are we um, not talking about what we did today on our mission? Oh, no, we can't I talk forgot. about it. I mean, I can't feel <laughs> my calves and my feet at this point after dancing last night nonstop and teaching and then what did yeah. we do today? Do you we had a mission today since our studio <laughs> is open now. Some of our listeners are not aware that we've been having dance events and classes. Um, but they're closing at the end of the month. So we're looking for a temporary home until they reopen. And we found a space for Thursday classes. So we're going to move our classes to Thursdays, which means I'm we sorry, won't be guys. here. <laughs> <laughs> But unfortunately, um, we called a lot of places, and the best option we have is the Thursday. I mean, I don't think we have another option. Actually. Everything's booked on Wednesdays, at least the yeah. few studios <laughs> that are available. And we want to teach in a nice, quiet studio, not at a bar or restaurant. It's too distracting. Or we in found a, a lovely space in a studio where we like the studio, but we don't like the basement room. So yeah, we yeah. have to make a choice with that. So we'll be Uh, moving our classes temporarily to Thursday. I know, Carol, it's so confusing. Um, And then we don't know yet if we're going to find a milonga space for Wednesday. And how we'll be managing the podcast at this point, because I think we're going to put it on some sort of a different and more sporadic schedule. So we mm-hmm. don't have to constantly change a date on you guys and say, okay, now we're weekly Thursday. Now we're weekly Tuesday. Instead, we're going to be like once in a while, we're on a Thursday. Once in a while, we're on a Tuesday and stuff like that. I It'll think. be a pop-up but, Yeah, event. but we're open to your ideas. It's just uh, these are, we're openly sharing the ideas that were coming to our mind as things were unraveling today on our Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) sort of like I felt like I don't know how you felt it did feel like stabbing in the dark the space search but at the same time I felt sort of like a tourist (laughs) walking around (laughs) the streets that like have nothing (laughs) and not Mm -hmm. knowing what I'm looking for um, and if something will come out of this well I, I was more hopeful than what happened today in terms of at least bar and restaurant spaces yeah but well, you were right I'm, about the area I picked everything being closed mm-hmm. 
Well, I kind of like the idea of doing pop-up milongas throughout June. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, me And too. we'll see if this first space works out. And um, yeah, we'll take it from there. Yeah. And classes are not 100% confirmed on Thursday yet. So we still we'll keep you all posted. Yeah, Um, we have a few more places to talk because in I just the next got a couple thought. days. Yeah. So, but um, we have a friend listening, Dimitri from Portugal. It's the middle of the night there. He wants Oh, to my call God. in. He wants to talk about his uh, his Tango app, which I have on my phone. Let me see if I can see it. Where did I put it here? Dimitri, feel free to call in, by the way, while He's, Adam he's is here. looking. Yeah, he's Oh, he is. Okay. Oh, he is. Hey guys, I'm here. How are you doing? Good. Nice to meet you. Good. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's one forty a.m. here, uh, you know, and Okay, uh, then it's not good morning. It's really late night. We're gonna say yes, good night it, to it, you. and Yeah. it's it's a horrible time to listen to you talking about food at this time. You know, I'm trying to lose weight here, and I We just all joined are. the podcast, and I'm just listening for chicken and stuff, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Sorry hard about harder that. than I thought. <laughs> I um, I'm also even though I just ate fried chicken, I'm also trying to lose weight. But I'm I'm cutting down my my portions and my meals quantities, so I can Also, still I, eat. I see you're continuing talking about food. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let's talk about Hint, this hint, hint, Adam. app. Let's talk about all of the technological things you're doing to connect people. Yeah, perfect. Well, it's, uh, you know, it has been uh, quite a year for, for everyone in Tango and a lot of, you know, a lot of hard things. We had to face a lot of hard things, but some of very nice things were uh, were created during this time. You know, we had a little bit of time Yeah. to stop, reflect, start thinking, okay, if, if there's something we can change, maybe now it's the best time to change it, right? So uh, both uh, I and Ofer Ackerman, the, the founder of the app, we have been tango dancers, tango students for 11 years now, right? And during those 11 years, we have had amazing moments in tango. And I mean, personally, I thank tango for helping me go through many difficult moments in my life. And if it wasn't for tango, I wouldn't have met my wife. Uh, I'm extremely grateful for that. And, you know, during those 11 years, as probably many listeners of this podcast, I traveled to different cities and countries for tango. And I faced uh, the same questions as most people. And maybe some of you have already forgotten about these questions. I, I haven't. Uh, questions like, you know, how do I find which is the best milonga for me in that city? You know, uh, probably at the moment we're all asking, which is the milonga in the city I will go to? No, no problem, you know. Or which is the Uh, milongas that are open <laughs> right now? yes, which are the milongas that are open? And, you know, the moment you go to a milonga, you want to go to a milonga that, that you will enjoy, right? Mm hmm Uh, questions like, you know, is there another tango dancers waiting in the airport, you know, in this airport? And wouldn't it be great if we danced? Mm Uh, hmm other times, you know, often while visiting a city for, you know, business, I would be stuck at my place doing nothing. And I would be wondering, you know, if there was a person around I could practice with or maybe take a class, you know. Uh, some other times I would be traveling to, to festivals and I would be like, okay, could I possibly, you know, set a ride on my way to the festival and back? Or um, before traveling to a new city, I would ask myself if I could find, you know, other tangueros or teachers. And if there's a way to connect with them before I go to that destination. And I mean, there are solutions, right? There were solutions for that. You could go to Facebook, start looking for Facebook groups, start looking for websites. 
Um, but uh, I, I come from a marketing background, as I was the CEO of the biggest marketing training company in the Netherlands. And my partner, Offer, he's the founder of Flickstone Capital, which is an investment firm that buys, fixes, and sells companies. So we wanted to approach all of this from a more business and marketing perspective. And we put together, you know, this, this business of marketing expertise together with Allo for Tango. And we simply asked, you know, how can we solve as many problems as possible at once? And this is the main question behind the creation of the Tango Partner app. Um, we launched the first version officially at the end of December. And now as we, we, we are over 13,000 downloads, uh, we're preparing the second one, which should be released in June. Um, would it be okay to explain what the current version of the app does and what you should expect from the next one? Well, I, I have, I would like to get like a real time experience of the app. Like I have the app here. So let's say I'm going to a city. Let's say I'm going to Cleveland, Ohio in July, perhaps for a Tango Marathon. <laughs> and so would I, how would I find people there if I'm using your app? All right. Right now, you have a very limited option. Okay. And this is why we're creating the second version of the app, which if everything goes okay, it's coming on June. Okay. Uh, what you can do now I will tell you what you can do now, and I will tell you exactly what you can do when you when the new version of the app launches. Right now, uh, the app works in a very simple way. You know who are the other tango dancers around you, okay? And you always see first the people who are closer to you, which okay. means that you can send them a, what we call a digital cabeceo inside the app, right? And they will see the cabeceo, they will get notification. If they accept it, you become friends inside the app. So you can start chatting with them, you can start asking them questions. You know, if you arrive to a new city and you don't know anyone, you can connect with some tango dancers and you can ask them, you know, where can I go to dance? What do you recommend? You know, I like this kind of music. Uh, which milonga is for me? You know, these kind of questions. And of course, uh, taking into account the times that we're in, you know, it's like which milonga is actually open. Uh, which uh, which conditions are in that uh, you know are, are you know uh, safety requirements uh, um, respected in that milonga? You know you can ask the locals. It's always better to to ask the locals. Mm -hmm. But with the current version of the app, you don't have yet a way to connect with people before you go to another place. And mm -hmm. this is why we started developing the second one. We got a lot of feedback. I mean, we were receiving ten to twenty emails per day from tango dancers around the world who. We're telling us basically, you know, put this feature in, create this feature, add this. So mm -hmm. we try yeah, to envision sure it a, a new version. Nice. And the, the new version works a little bit differently. So the idea there is that we want the tango dancers to be at the center of the community. All right. So uh, in the new version, you will be able to find other tango dancers by name or location. So before you go to, I don't know, New York or Berlin, uh, you will be able to write the name of the city and find all the tango dancers who are using the app in that location and connect with them, okay? Uh, you'll be also able to find professionals in that city. Professionals have a different, you know, uh, icon. So you, you can just click on their profile and you can find everything you want to know about those professionals. So what kind of professional activities they have. If they're teachers, organizers, DJs, you can see videos from the professionals. If they have different offers, like online classes, you know, private classes, stuff like that. You are you are seeing all these things in their profiles, and you're also seeing the events they are organizing. All right. Mm -hmm. 
uh, we created specific buttons. One button is called Professionals Near Me. So the moment you arrive to, to a new city, you can click on the button. You can find all the professionals around you. You can connect with them directly. Uh, so you no longer need to go you know, through Facebook groups or websites. You can find them based on the location. Mm-hmm. The other button is called Events Near Me. So you can find milongas, festivals, encuentros, uh, you know, competitions. First, seeing the ones that are closer to you and then uh, events that are further away. But of course, you can also filter based on, you know, on, on, on location. And finally, you have a button with all the offers, everything that you can, you know, online offers, private classes online, group class online, um, free stuff online, um, and this is coming with the next version of the app. If everything goes okay, uh, it's going to be launched in June. Sounds very well, congratulations. interesting. Congratulations! It's yeah. uh, it's you're building uh, building a webnet network of uh, around the world. So this will be a much more. Sorry, Chica. No, it's okay. This will be I a much more. Oh, go ahead, Adam. <laughs> I was just going to say this Ready? is going to be. Ready? I'm <laughs> This will be a lot more functional than using Facebook because this is directly related to Tango specifically. Just yeah. And everybody's here for this purpose. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But but you know, after that, we have more features coming. You know, we are preparing an amazing uh, interactive map that uses data from the app to help the users make decisions you know, on where to travel, dance, and have classes. We are preparing a, a tagging system that will allow you to be notified when your favorite professionals are visiting your city. You know, uh, imagine you have a favorite DJ, and he's out of town. He's not, he's not living in your city. The moment they come to your city, you will get a notification. You know, he's around. You know, go to that milonga. Right? Same mm-hmm. thing for teachers. Um, and... Beyond this that, is relying that. on this DJ checking in to the app? So each professional that has the app, they, they are able to create an itinerary, right? So they're, they're able mm-hmm. to say, you know, next week I'm going to this place, the week after I'm going to the other place. And then the app, especially if you click on the button uh, professionals near me, and this is going to be already in the coming version, uh, uh-huh. you'll be able to see which professionals are coming to your city soon. Yeah. So you can connect with Got them it. before they come. But what I'm discussing now about the tagging system, it's going to be even easier. You don't even need to search. You just, you know, you go to Milonga, you love the DJ, you can go on the app, you can connect on his profile, you can put a tag saying, you know, favorite DJ. And then the app knows that the next time the DJ comes to your city, it will send you a notification. Same thing for teachers, you know, uh, photographers, any any kind of tango professionals, store owners. What we basically want to do there is to simplify marketing. We don't want professionals to to have to worry about marketing, you know, Facebook posting and everything. No, we want the people that are interested in those professionals to immediately know that they are around. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is, this is just the, you know, this is the technology side. Uh, We're, we're building a few, uh, we're building some bigger things. Uh, The the app is just the beginning for us. Uh, We are preparing a, a marketing campaign that we believe has the potential to double the amount of people who dance tango worldwide. And uh, we're also building a platform to support projects that use tango for alternative therapy, palliative care, trauma healing, and social inclusion to find funds and resources. And we are also creating solution for smaller, uh, solutions for smaller tango communities so that we can help them grow faster, which is you know, 
it's one of the hardest things to do to grow a community that it's like just in the beginning. Uh, but there are ways to help them, and we are putting the right resources and solutions together so we can help those communities grow. Well, this is really great to learn. How do people find out more about you? Uh, just type Tango Partner on Google. We appear first, second, and third almost all around the world. Uh, we have done our, our, our job correctly there, I think, in terms of SEO. So just go tangopartner.com, download the app, or just go you know, on, uh, on the Play Store or the App Store, download the app from there. And just play a little bit around, see how it works now, and stay cool. tuned because uh, June is is already my God nine days yeah. away. Uh, <laughs> <You> better, <laughs> better get to work. <laughs> we better get to work. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to call and let our listeners know, and we hope that uh, this will help spread the word more. And it was really nice to meet you. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. So. Get some rest, and we look forward to part two of the app and and everything you're doing to help build Tango in the world. It's really amazing. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, man. Looking forward to hear uh, more about Gabriel as well. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thank you. Have a great evening. Bye. Ciao. Well, that's cool. What do you think, Chico? Can't hear you. Are you muted? Oh, yeah, I was talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dinatri, you didn't hear me say goodbye. <laughs> or like I said, <laughs> you can listen in, but no eating late at night. All of that, I just said it to myself. <laughs> well, it's really uh, great. It's to, very, I very saw some of his postings on Facebook about the other projects he mentioned, and it's exciting to to know there's people out there building uh, and it's very Tango intricate. right now, especially. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I know they've been in touch with us, and I haven't had a chance to browse through the app, but it's been on my to-do list, so I'm glad he popped in. Now I'm yeah. more yeah. intrigued knowing all the details about it because yeah. I wasn't expecting such an intricate system in all different aspects of connecting people. Well, like you said, right now the app is a little simple. Like I have it. And, um, but we're not traveling but, yet. So I think once we start traveling yeah. more, it'll be more useful. Of course, that's what the intended purpose is. But even like the community building part and all that is like so much more thought in it than just connecting to people for dance and events and professionals. Like, uh, it's really about helping build stuff and connect people at the same time. Mm -hmm. Gabrielle, feel, feel, feel free <laughs> to give us a call. <laughs> feel free. Um, well, I speak when I'm muted. You speak but can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the day after the milonga, you know. I don't know when. Hola, Gabriel. Hello. 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 Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for being here. Well, our pleasure. Congratulations nice on your podcast. I'm embarrassed that I only knew about your podcast like very recently. But, uh, oh, well, that's fine. Don't be embarrassed. Great. We're not really promoting it much. You should be embarrassed. That's a great idea. And okay, I yeah, he should, should be do some crunches as a <laughs> punishment. <laughs> okay, I'll let you choose my punishment. Chico actually did 25 push-ups on the show once. Yes, Remember I did, Chico? and I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> 
You said it was the weirdest push-ups you've ever seen in your life, Adam. <laughs> it was a little odd. Mm -hmm. But I did but it. You made it. I made it. How are you doing what tonight? Prize? What was your prize for the 25 push-ups? Or was that like a, a forfeit or something? It was like there was a challenge going on all around for like... 30-day push-up challenge or something and I was like who would want to do this? This is like crazy and Then I decided to try a set during the podcast uh, Okay. <laughs> Actually one of our <laughs> listeners potato poodle She was doing it and she was oh, nominating yeah. people on Facebook. That's true. And I, and I begged her not to nominate me. I think Yes. <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I'm trying to get fit. One of the things I've been doing is trying to get fit. I can make it to 20, but 25, I haven't tried. Maybe I can do it. I, I, I should have more confidence. Well, we're, we're ready if you want to try now. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> uh, you know, just do as many as you can and then add one more every few minutes. And that's how you get to 25. <laughs> exactly. Nobody said it had to be in a row. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Just a day. Yeah, because yeah, we're artists, right? We can freely <laughs> interpret true. rules and be creative. <laughs> it's true. So you so live in one of the out. coolest cities in yeah, the world. Yeah, I was just Montreal. I love Montreal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not that cool at the moment. I mean, it's about to get cooler because we just we just we actually announced yesterday we're no longer going to have a curfew. You know, we've been we've been having a strictly enforced. Oh, I never wow. experienced a curfew in my life before. We've had one for months now, so strictly enforced, right? So it's yeah. not just an invitation to like stay at home. You will actually be fined if you don't if you're not out for a good reason. So, but we're losing that next week. So then Montreal will be becoming a cool place again. Well, nice. good. I, so the, your curfew was 8 p.m. or something, I remember Carol mentioning. It, it, it was 8 p.m. at one point, then it was 9.30. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's, wow. now it's good. Yeah, so. I when don't know what's worse for a curfew. Sorry. What did you say, Adam? On the 31st. No, I was just asking when it's over. Carol wrote on the 31st. Jesus. Oh, I see. What a long I year was... for you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we had the curfew in New Jersey until eight after eight p.m. for a long time. Right. And when you don't have stuff open around you, it doesn't matter. Like you're not going mm. anywhere after eight p.m. Nine p.m. I, I think that there was like you know terrible traffic jams though, like around seven o'clock because <laughs> like yeah. everybody's trying to get do their groceries and uh, whatever. And then it's sure more of a problem okay. when the weather is warm, right? Because like uh, yes. you might want to take a walk with the sunset and like stay out at the park later and stuff like that. So I'm glad they are lifting it up. Well, back in June we had a curfew because of the BLM protests, and I remember I was in Staten Island with Michael, and I'm like, oh, I gotta get home by. I think it was 8 o'clock or 8.30. And I'm driving back from Michael's. And people were freaking everywhere. Nobody was paying attention to this curfew. <laughs> uh, I'm racing US, home. Yeah. And then I'm realizing I'm the only idiot racing home in all of Manhattan and <laughs> New York City. <laughs> Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what's worse, the curfew from a pandemic or curfew because there's been a revolution in your country like i went through that in the 80s where we had curfew uh -huh. every night because the military took over and 
So we would like sneak from one garden to the other. Like if we were oh. visiting family outside the city, staying in the homes were next to one another with gardens, with like fences. And I remember mm. like if we stayed up past a certain time at uh, my mom's aunt and uncle, whatever, like we were next door, but we had to really sneak in from Gosh. one fence to the other so we wouldn't get caught on the street. <clears throat> but if you, if you'd have, if you'd have got caught, like what what would have the uh, I think been like? either you? jail or some fee. That sort of I'm guessing at that point because it was military thing, it would be much more drastic than the pandemic sort of a curfew. Like right. you'd probably be taken in. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. And how old were you when this was happening? Uh, I was uh, probably I was. Uh, I don't remember what it was early 80s so I was uh, younger than 10 wow I remember very clearly yeah gosh yeah when you're that young or you don't think about 10. consequences though it's like a, you probably thought it was a game or something yeah <laughs> I have several memories like that and then there was like the Iraq thing by US uh, and I was in high school then, and that was like a very scary moment too, because things were flying over Turkey, and wow. like, we were going to school in fear, sort of not knowing if war was about to start. <clears throat> mm. um, yeah. That's very dark. <laughs> <laughs> so you were. Oh. Let's go back to you. You were born in the UK. Yes. Where in the UK were you born and when did oh. you move to Montreal? I, I was born in a town called Ipswich and I like to think I'm the most famous person that ever came out of Ipswich. <laughs> um, I've heard of Ipswich. You're the only tango dancer, that's for sure. You're probably the only tango dancer slash cellist. Uh, you never know, you never know. But uh, yeah, I was born there, but I grew up in London. Oh, well, you know, I moved around a fair bit. We, I, I, well, I first, I first moved to Montreal like more than 20 years ago. And uh, yeah, like I guess for studies mainly, I was in the US a little bit for a year for studies. I moved around a little bit, but Montreal on and off for yeah more than twenty years now. So it's my home. Wow, really neat. And like most of your growing up, like you said, was in London. So your accent is more London, British. I don't know, you know, because you know there's this thing called the Mid Atlantic accent, right? You know, British people that be living in the US or whatever. I don't know. I mean, whenever I go home, my friends always make fun of me. They say I have a Canadian accent. Oh, and then really? When I'm here, people make fun of me. They say I have a British accent, so you can't win. Or you always win, whichever it is. Well, Carol says but you yeah, don't have be. a Canadian accent. I would agree with that. I think, I think, I think you're right. But when did you get into music? Well, I grew up in a family of music lovers. They were not musicians. Um, my grandparents were musicians, although I never met them. But my parents were definitely big fans of music. Mm -hmm. So it was like a foregone conclusion that I was going to do music growing up. Um, I think it sometimes happened. So I, I, I sang in a church choir. You know, I'm, I'm not religious. I'm not Christian. But in England, there's a big tradition of the, you know, the choral tradition. Singing in church choirs is a big thing as it is in some parts of the States, of course. 
So, um, sang in the choir, cello, piano. Um, and of course, as sometimes happens, you know, you know, parents love to encourage their children to do music or get into the arts. But then when they start to talk about, you know, making a career out of it, then suddenly the, pen, the parents kind of panic and that's not what they had in mind. Uh, but anyway, so I don't think my, my mum was that happy when I was about 16. I think I decided I wanted to do music professionally. I think she was not uh, that happy about it. Hmm. But you know, I did it anyway. <laughs> so, well, she was, was she so, worried of like it being difficult in terms of sure lifestyle? I sure, guess. yeah, the way all parents, I guess, worry that their yeah, children yeah. won't be okay or whatever, you know. But I, I ignored her, so. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it about happened. the cello? Sorry, what was it about the cello? Well, there was a woman called Jacqueline Dupre. Maybe you've heard of her. Oh, my God. Uh, she... I love her stuff. Yeah. yeah I mean, she's still, uh, you know, a big, a big name in the cello world. Very tragic story. Um, she she uh, developed uh, multiple sclerosis when she was in yeah. her late 20s. Um, mm. So her, like, you know, glittering career as a cellist, this would have been in the 1970s, I think, um, uh, came yeah. to an end. Um, but she did a lot to popularize the cello in England. She was English. Um, so, so definitely a lot of people in my generation learned the cello, I think, because of her. I recently watched last year, like, I've always liked her music a lot, um, listening to her play, and I was watching interviews by her and learned about the tragic, uh, stuff that you're talking about and how she wasn't able to play anymore and... But, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, she continued to live until into her 50s. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. She, she couldn't play after a bit. Yeah, very tragic. Very passionate, emotional, performer. interesting in a way, because normally we think of the British people as being very kind of reserved and, like, proper and so on. She's very passionate. And, of course, this was would have been in the, in the 60s when she started her career. So I think there weren't very many women performers in classical music in those days. And she was mm. definitely very, very fiery and passionate with her long hair and everything. So, yeah, very inspiring. An incredible musician, obviously. Yeah. And so the, she inspired you. Yeah. Well, I would say she inspired me, but I just think that, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely later on, but I think just everybody was just like, the cello was, she popularized the cello. I, think, oh, I see. You okay. know, in, in England. So, and, uh, yeah. And you, you grew up listening to classical Mostly, or what other genres? It did. Were well, I feel like I feel like a lot of us are influenced by what's in our parents' record collection, right? So, in my mum's record <laughs> collection, there was there was definitely a lot of classical music. There was some jazz, like old jazz, like old blues, like from the twenties mm -hmm. and stuff. There was some sort of Broadway musical music in her collection too. Nice. So there was no tango, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to say that would have been so cool, wouldn't it? But uh, no, it wasn't. So uh, yeah, I guess that's what I was listening to mainly. I mean, this is you know. I mean, let me think. I mean, when I was in high school. I mean, like rap and hip hop would have just like starting. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, so I knew about it, and I think I kind of tried to be a little bit less of a classical music nerd and maybe listen to that music and also so I would have something to talk to my friends at school about. Um, uh -huh. I'm not sure how I'm not sure how effective that was as a strategy. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So 
So yeah. Is there a good place to get a Sunday roast in Montreal? <laughs> yeah, I'm a vegetarian, so you're asking the oh, wrong person. Okay. The problem <laughs> is, and it doesn't matter. I'm sure that I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's. I mean, smoked meat's a big thing, right? Of course. I had my roast. only Sunday roast in Thailand. Oh in gosh. A little, a little British enclave. My Can buddy was like, "You got to try the Sunday roast," because his friend from England was living with him there. Okay. And uh, everybody was rosy-cheeked and drunk at ten in the morning, and we ate a bunch a of Sunday. smoked meat and eggs. This was a Sunday. That was Sunday, yeah. Yeah. And what temperature was it in Thailand? <laughs> Roasting man, gravy and roast potatoes. And... Oh my god, it was like a hundred degrees out. <laughs> oh my god. Soccer on the TV and uh, <laughs> a bunch of roly-poly British dudes. <laughs> yeah, we do. Have, yeah, did you, you know? Did you ever have a jam roly-poly? No, I was just using a that word. No, because we have is these, that a real thing? These, yeah, well, we have the desserts have weird names. Yeah, jam roly-poly is one of them. Yeah, it's kind of Holy a sponge shit. thing with jam and like a vanilla ice cream in the middle. <laughs> that's amazing because Does that's that sound good. Like, that's what we make. That's what we would call like a a fat guy, like a roly-poly. <laughs> what? Yeah, Who's that's me. Me, myself, and I. I don't know. <laughs> you just say roly poly. It's a thing we say here. I don't know. Okay, I'm I thought the dessert. But maybe that's the origin of that term. Maybe that is. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So you were sixteen. You made the decision to pursue music professionally. Yep. What was the next step after that to pursue? Uh, so then I guess, um, you know, I wanted to go to a good school, so I auditioned to get into the um, Royal Northern College of Music in Manchester mm -hmm. in the UK, which mm -hmm. is, um, you know, considered one of the top conservatories in Europe. Got in there, and um, so, yeah, then it, you know, my studies, you know, undergraduate studies started there. Then after four years there, it was my uh, dream to study with a particular cellist in Connecticut. Hmm. And um, I don't know. My my friends at the time were like, "America, what do you want to go to America for? You know, go to Germany, go to France. You know, these are kind of, I guess, <laughs> in some ways, the kind of you know, the older centers for classical music, I guess." But I said, "No, I wanted to go there." So so that, then I went to Connecticut, and uh, so yeah, I was twenty two, and that's right, and that's when I left the UK. I'd never lived, lived I've never lived in the UK after that. I see. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, you moved up to Montreal. Montreal, yeah, Eventually. and I started my yeah. trio um, not long after that, and I think we're going to listen to a little bit of my trio yeah. at some point. Yeah, and you're arranging or composing or all of that as well I'm as... Not composing, but arranging, yeah, that's kind of a recent thing. So, like, for the first, like, eight years when I was with my trio in Montreal, we did basically only contemporary music, but when mm -hmm. I say contemporary music, I mean, like, um, and that's a broad term, I guess, it's like Music that's in the tradition of classical music, but they're composers living now. So, I mean, to a lot of people that might sound very kind of abstract music. Um, and it's definitely very specialized, say, and we kind of specialize in that. Yeah. Would you say, uh, like tango musicians that play traditional tango music nowadays, we sort of tend to call them contemporary tango musicians? Right. It's not nuevo, it's not this, that, but it's like danceable 
traditional tangos that are rearranged or uh... yeah well it's interesting because there's the famous story isn't there about Piazzolla how like some you know a tango singer like you know went to the radio station where Piazzolla was having an interview with the gun you know he wanted to kill him because you know he's like uh, because of what you've done to tango you know I, I'm, I'm out of a job you know no one wants to hear the traditional tango music or something you know what Piazzolla was trying to do with tango which was to yeah you know, few make a kind of a fusion with you know other other types of music. I mean, I guess that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of contemporary music, so something quite cutting edge and experimental. Hmm. Um, and much later on, you know, we started. I started doing more arrangements, like in the last few years, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a new a new thing, and more of the mainstream sort of classical repertoire. Although I chose more contemporary things for, to share with you. I today. see. And this arranging well, thing you said is new. Sorry, Adam. No, no, go ahead. Uh, is that new during the pandemic or is that like last couple of years? Um, I've certainly had more time to do arrangements during the pandemic. <laughs> I'm guessing <laughs> but it was so. Not, yeah. No, but it, yeah, yeah, no, but it com- comes from before that, really. <clears throat> well, sometimes when you've been playing, you know, like in a trio for a long time, you're constantly looking for new things, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you hear a piece of music that you just love and you think, oh, wow, that would sound so good as a trio. And then you get together with your colleagues and kind of experiment and then you try to try to make it work, you know. And yeah. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And when it, when it does, well, then it kind of sticks. Mm-hmm. Well, you sent us three pieces. Is there a particular one you'd like us to start with? No, no. I think there was uh, a Brian Eno piece, right? And and I think there's something by Einaudi. And then there's this this strange uh, Russian tango piece too. I, I don't mind whatever you whatever your mood you're listening for. I guess I guess the Einaudi and the Eno they're pretty um, calming kind of music. Mm-hmm. I guess I know to my mind. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what mood you're in. <laughs> Let's do some start with some. We're in the mood to listen to all. Uh, I trust your instinct, Adam. You're a better DJ. All right, I'm going to start with I Naughty. Okay. okay. Perfect. Makes me feel naughty. Ooh, <laughs> I like it.
I love the sound effects. <laughs> oh, no, oh, that's that the audience. Match? Is that from a hockey that's match? The, that's the audience. <laughs> Amazing. That was beautiful. Beautiful. I like so, this. Audrey was saying how she, um, about drifting in the ocean, this too is the way it, I, I just realized listening to it, you know, it starts with these very deep sounds in the cello, these very kind of soulful, deep sounds. And then yeah. at a certain point, it's just kind of like, goes right up like into the clouds kind of very high it's so I can imagine beautiful. like gliding over the sea or something it's like a oh. bird flying above the ocean yeah mm, i like that image too it really draws you in mm -hmm. and i felt the piano was also so complementary to the way the cello was going Yes, you're right. Oh oh, you God, mentioned yeah. Sati. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's that dreamy, dreamy kind of waves. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yes, he's uh, an Italian it's hypnotic. There is something it hypnotic is. about it. Like the, the repetition of what the piano was doing was very like drawing yes. you in. Yeah, like a trance almost. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So where is that song from? originally so so the composer of that um piece is called ludovico einaudi uh -huh. I, um, I have to confess i didn't hadn't really heard of einaudi until a few years ago and somebody talked about him italian composer who's you know around now i don't know maybe it's like 60 something like that and then i i started like googling him and i was like oh okay two million views or maybe maybe i should know who this person is and actually yeah in this kind of some people call it atmospherica some people call it post minimalism you know this music which repeats and kind of puts you into this this trance-like stage you know he's kind of mm. that style of music and so i yeah i discovered it a few years ago thanks to a colleague actually and uh, yeah his music you know he has a lot of music uh, he's written a lot of music for film which you can kind of imagine i feel like a lot of these yeah. minimalist composers they, they've written for, for, for a lot of for film because it's you can really really create images in your mind doesn't it does philip glass fall into that category too yes yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, he'd be like the first generation. You know, he's American mm -hmm. minimalist, Steve Reich, Philip yeah. Glass. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. It's so I was also curious. very... Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> We're on the same <laughs> okay. moment today. I'm going <laughs> to listen more. Sorry, it's your turn. I, I just wanted to ask you, you perform quite a lot. If you have any... Um interesting any funny stories about things that might have happened over the years during performances oh gosh gosh funny stories um, can i think of a funny story or terrifying <laughs> no don't know any <laughs> can you tell us the most boring story Oh God, I must have some stories that are, that are funny. Oh, actually, I do remember one funny story. So um, <laughs> one of the wonderful things about Quebec is, and I'm not saying that sarcastically, I'm being very serious, is that there's a lot of public funding of the arts. And in every neighborhood, we, one of the, we have one of these kind of cultural houses where they have art exhibitions, they have theater, they have dance, they have music. 
And I remember I was playing in one of these some years ago. I was playing in one of these. But these are free events, right? So the idea mm-hmm. is often like just exactly to bring like classical music to people that you know don't hear it uh, or never heard it or maybe can't afford to go to see it. You know, some of these concerts, you know, see a symphony orchestra is you know, very, very expensive and this kind of thing. So I was performing in one of these places and there was a, a um, an older lady that, had, that, if you can imagine when you come in, you've got the seats, kind of like an amphitheater, there's seats going up. But then, like you, when you come in, you're on the level of the stage, right? The stage is not like above or below, like where people are sitting on the first row. So this lady came in with the, one of these kind of uh, scooters, you know, like that some old people have to get okay. around in, you know. Yeah. And it had yeah. like a red had like a red flag on the back. Of it. And so she went and she parked it like right next to the piano, like on the stage. And like I don't know, they could not they could not get her to I think I think they managed to get her to move the scooter off the stage before the concert started. But then the lady, I realized it was the lady, she sat right in the front, right in front of us. And immediately when we started playing, she fell asleep and was like quietly she was quietly snoring through the whole performance, which actually didn't put me off too much, but it did put my pianist off a lot. And the funny thing is when she she would she would only wake up when the applause came. Then she would play up with the applause. As soon as the music started again, like she fall back to sleep. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, the fact that she snored too—that's uh, yeah. My dad used to fall asleep in front of the TV when we were kids, and then yeah. when we would turn it off, he would wake up, and he would turn it back on and fall asleep again. <laughs> oh, like, really? well, they need the... I mean, in a way, it's a compliment. Actually, I remember—I remember when I hadn't been dancing tango very long. And I was dancing with with the girl, and she said, "Oh, Gabriel, you know, one of the things I re- I really like dancing with you because I can sleep a bit at the same time." And I mm-hmm. I was like I was kind of like offended. I was like, okay, so it's really boring <laughs> because like you just basically fall asleep. But maybe it's a compliment, right? Maybe it's like so soothing. Yeah. That you just drift off to sleep. You know. I went to so, see yeah. Keith Jarrett, Gary Peacock, and Jack DeJohnette play at Carnegie Hall, and I fell asleep. Okay. <laughs> and they are like. Amazing. You also fell asleep in the Feldenkrais private class we took, and you snored. And Ooh. everybody was falls asleep also... in Feldenkrais classes. But no, it's a private, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just you and me, and you start snoring next to me <laughs> within the first ten minutes of the class, and. <laughs> <laughs> I looked what at Marcella, but it was exactly what Gabrielle was saying. I think she took it more as a compliment because she was like, you know, he he's he, relaxing. Like, that's what she wanted us to do. <laughs> and then she was going to move us into stuff. But she wanted us to find, like, all of the goal with the classes was to find what our body needs at that moment and find uh, yeah, I was gonna say that, that will yeah, help us. I guess... And mm-hmm. he needed the sleep because we were yes. probably up dancing till morning because this was in Argentina. Um, so she was super sweet about it. She just like sh- shushed me so we wouldn't wake him up and like she worked with me quietly. <laughs> <laughs> and then so he that, woke that, up that, and that that fell asleep That again. could have been a, a rather expensive nap though, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily we were in Argentina and they charged Exactly. So um, Demetrius just wrote saying he fell asleep at a Rolling Stones concert once, but he was. Holy eight, so. shit! That's um. 
<laughs> I don't well, know how you guys do it. A friend of mine fell asleep on the subwoofer at the club once. Mm. Like, that's not possible. Those buses but... in Argentina put me to sleep. <laughs> and they're I mean, what, crazy what are they called, buses? those buses? I, keep, I can never remember. Colectivos. Colectivos. Yeah, right. But isn't it really jerky? Like, it is. Yeah, that's some what reason. it's impossible. So, Apparently, when I was a baby, I was very colicky, so I cried all the time. And my dad told me the only thing that put me to sleep was driving me around, and he would just drive oh. around the block for hours, the same block, just around and around and around. <laughs> and those buses are fairly jerky, Gabrielle, but they never stop. Like, people jump off of them and jump <laughs> on true. When, when the buses are still in motion. <laughs> That's true. Speaking of soothing, why don't we listen to this Brian Eno piece? Yes. All right, let's do it. How's that? Awesome. Okay, let's give it a shot.
This is the kind of cheering you don't get at the classical music, right? The screaming. Why well, it's funny you say that though, because, because actually, actually that so that that piece was um, uh, on the last concert that I gave before the pandemic here with my trio. So you heard uh, Julianne de Rome, she's on the violin, and the pianist was Stephen Massicot. So and it's funny though because actually in those concerts where we do all this type of music, it is a it is a different crowd, a very different crowd. Mm -hmm. So um, so they might even get excited. <laughs> oh, good. That's good. <laughs> I, I, I used to Don't go wake to that lady up. Me. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, shh, oh. I'm sleeping. <laughs> I just died. So, Chico, you had a question about. To... Yes. Well, we're really uh, good at interrupting each other tonight. I'm yeah, sorry. there's some sort of delay, I think, that uh, you're not hearing when I'm talking and I'm not hearing the you talking when you start but it's okay it's all loving after you uh, I was gonna say like I grew up going to classical music concerts uh, once a week that was something that um, we started I think in junior school so around the age of 11 on and then it became something I loved doing and at the start, learning when to clap and ah, yeah. <laughs> sort of not over go, o o go overboard was uh, something that we needed to learn because you're also young and then some of the pieces are so unexpectedly sort of wind down but then restart and I think like your first piece had a moment like that too. Uh, so then yes. and there's always this quiet moment at the end where everybody's like, waiting to make sure it is the end of the piece and i love that moment and then the clap it's interesting because on. i had you know i actually had a concert like 10 days ago which is my first performance in front of a live audience in montreal since that recording that you just heard and we were wondering because sometimes um we do like you know if a piece is in four parts it's in four movements we will say a little talk about how well you know it's there are there is space between the between the sections, but it is one piece. So, you know, mm -hmm. give your applause for the end. But we actually thought like, yeah, but like, this is like the first time people are hearing live music for like a year and, and they're so happy to be here. We're not gonna like, you know, muzzle them or whatever, put straight jackets mm -hmm. on them, stop them clapping. But you know what, actually nobody, nobody did. They did keep their enthusiasm for the end. So I guess they were a well-trained audience. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and they knew but, you know, you, we didn't, we didn't, but we didn't want to impose it, you know, because sometimes you hear amazing music and you just want to, you feel bad for not clapping, right? I can totally get it. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, it wasn't always like that, you know, you know, like until like maybe the end of the 19th century, people would always clap between movements and stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's in there like that, like the last 150 years or so, it's, it's, it's been considered to be like not a thing to do. Hmm. Interesting. So, I, think so. yeah. I bet you some king made a rule or something. Or when it moved to some I, sort of concert hall, I'm wondering if that came with that. Yeah, yeah sorry, Adam. I think Chico's more like on the right track. Oh, <laughs> I think I think it was the opposite, actually. I think the king is like the idea of being able to walk around and play cards and like gossip while the music was going on. And then some artists were like, you know, I'm creating here. Shut up. I think mm. it was more like that. Darn artists. 
<laughs> when they weren't at the mercy of the king cutting their heads off. Then yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, the French Revolution was over. So they were, they were safe. <laughs> exactly. You know, when the guillotine was out of the picture. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, they were exactly. safe. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking about this. Um, I mean, when we were doing soundcheck, we had that question about contemporary music versus uh, classical music, which you answered. And then I was also thinking, like, as a cellist, when you started dancing tango, what in the music attracted you the most? And what what was easier for you to hear? I'm sure you heard all the layers, but in terms of, like, what made you want to move in the music? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So I've been dancing about 15 years, and I mm -hmm. think, you know, I don't think... Nowadays, you know, I don't know how it is in different parts of the world, but it seems to me things have changed. But like 15 years ago, there was a lot of, you know, like uh, electro tango and like milongas that would do. We have a lot of this kind of music and much less of the classical stuff. And mm -hmm. I remember noticing that people did find that music more accessible. A lot of the people when they were first starting tango, you know, they they mm. like, they preferred the, the the more contemporary, you know, stuff with you know with the beat or with the electronic instruments or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And I had a bit more difficulty with the older music. Of course, with my classical background, you know, I was immediately kind of seduced by the, you know, these beautiful old recordings of, the of tango orchestras. I mean, not only because of, you know, the, you know, you know, the instruments, which of course I know and love, but also they're just they're such incredible musicians, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the, you know, the the violinists, the pianists, the singers. I mean, they're just incredible virtuosos, right? So, I mean, how could you not be like taken in by that? So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess it's the, the yeah, it's like it kind of it transports you to another time, doesn't it? You know that, that mm -hmm, old music, mm -hmm. and, and I guess that's what probably kind of like touched me. I guess I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a sentimental old fool. And like being a player, <laughs> yeah, no, I totally yeah. understand. Like that's that's sort of what I guess, but I'm also wondering. Were you drawn more to the melody, like melodic melody, versus like the rhythm in the background, even with the traditional music, because of what you play? Yeah. Well, the, but because the, the orchestration is, I mean, you know, I, I'm actually really not an expert on tango music. You know, I've never really studied it in any kind of like, you know, serious sort of way. But, but definitely the way you hear, just like in classical music, the way that the theme, you know, the way the melody will pass from instrument to instrument and then to the voice and then back to the instruments again, stuff like that. I mean, that's mm -hmm. definitely something which, which draws me in. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? The way the... Yeah. Yeah, you can hear that the arranger or, you know, or the composer has really like chosen like the path that the melody is going to take you know with different instrumental colors the way it's traveling around the orchestra you know which is yeah. really skillfully done so so i guess the melody and was, i guess and was it as a dancer easier in any way to move more to slower like melodic movement versus rhythmic movement for you or it was... uh, yeah, I think it took me a long time to realize I could do that, <laughs> that it was allowed. Okay. Okay. So you were more like a rhythmic dancer at the start, even though like... I think could... so, yeah. Yeah. You and it was never just my tango teachers, although I think they were good. I don't think that they really sort of explored that. Hmm. It's more something that I sort of saw from observing. Well, it's harder people. to do, so... 
Yeah, yeah, I imagine it, it is. I think yeah. I think it's introduced later on a lot more. Yeah, uh, we try to open that on early on the early on in the dance, but um, I think it's so much more accessible to hear the beat and the rhythm sure. and like be able to move that versus trying to move slow and fluid and with yes. a partner. Um, and and also it's not such an easy thing, right? For for somebody that doesn't have you know musical musical training or doesn't have a strong musical instinct, even like moving with the beat of the music is not necessarily an easy thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I was gonna say, even moving, especially moving slow and fluid, is really challenging. Yeah. So even if you want to dance to the melody, it's it's hard. Yeah. yeah. No, I also wanted to ask this because Adam and I, I asked Adam this question recently about like, which were you drawn more into like a uh, sweeping melodic melody or like rhythmic based of the music more at the start, even though like I, rem- I mean, I, I knew the answer, but I also wanted to, as someone who's danced with him over the years um, and because he would be drawn into like I would hear some stuff in the music because Adam would be drawn into hitting certain rhythms like I wasn't naturally hearing like my attention Mm. would be on the violin or the voice whereas he would go deeper to the bass and hear some of the things the bass was doing so I learned to hear that stuff by dancing with him Uh, and pay attention to it more and hear the layers at the same time mm. Um, so that was like for me and I was telling him I don't know if it's a cultural thing that I feel Turks are definitely more drawn into the voice and the violin and oh interesting um, so I I was also curious. And Americans about... are drawn more to the to the beat. <laughs> yeah, I mean we were talking about that because the music here is like blues and swing um... and like there is that cultural difference as well. And then that's why I also wanted to see like with your upbringing with the music. Yeah, interesting. There was something that drew you more there and. Uh... <clears throat> Anyway. Yeah, Eastern music tends to not have, um, well, that's not entirely true. There's a lot of percussive There's instruments a lot of in percussive. certain cultures, but, There's but a I lot do of feel like. But, yeah. I think oh, yeah, the yeah, emphasis I can, I imagine. is always on the melody. Like, yeah, and I can imagine a lot of folk music, like from Eastern Europe, or, or certainly I know that better than Middle East, but Eastern Europe is very kind of very free, kind of vocalizing, right? And like improvisatory kind of sound mm-hmm, a lot of the time, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, a lot of like, phrasing by the vocals, and, mm-hmm. and in Turkish music, there's also like. What most musicians I've learned uh, some of my knowledge from this year that someone without the knowledge of Turkish music, because there's, I think, different scales mm. that sound out of tune to the ear is in that music. So that makes you think like there is a lot more improvisation going on as well. Yes. Than, like this. Chico, effect. didn't you tell me that in Turkish music, there's like notes between the notes that we have here? Yeah. There is, that's what I mean, like there is, between the D and the D sharp, there is another thing, like there are notes that uh, 
yes. the Western music doesn't have. And that's why, like, the person I studied with was telling me, like, if he had heard that out of context, he could think it's uh, the violin playing out of tune or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when you know it belongs to that music, then it makes sense. But when it's not, I could be... Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So if I ever play out of tune in a concert, I'll just say, no, you weren't listening properly. It was the Turkish <laughs> I was <song."> adding some <laughs> Turkish effects. <laughs> in the subways, yes, we have the uh, Chinese guys that play that <laughs> instrument with like one string and then they have yes. a bow. Yes, and yes, just, yes. And it sounds always out of tune, but I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming it's not. <laughs> I'm assuming they know what they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a cousin of the cello almost, isn't it? It's like the retarded step cousin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. It's such a crying instrument. I think, I think, I think Adam, if you mind. had to pick that instrument up, I think you'd realize how hard that is. Oh, I'm sure. Oh my I'm gosh. Sure. It's really hard to play. <laughs> I've actually yeah. tried to just bow something before. Just using a bow is really hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Were you disappointed not to have, or like, were you wondering, not disappointed that there isn't much cello in, in tango music? Well, it's funny because I was just thinking, I've seen, um, I know that there were orchestras in, for, there were cellos in, in Fresedo's orchestra and in Pugliese's orchestra, and you can, you can see videos. And I was just saying, when you're okay. talking about how, how Adam taught you to listen to the different instruments, I thought, well, you have to listen very hard to hear the cello because you can see them playing <laughs> on those films, but you can't hear it. <laughs> I feel like the guy was just like a prop, you know, just, like to, you know, just to look nice. You can't really hear it. Um, I'm thinking maybe it was an expensive instrument to like add on or there weren't as many cellists around. Yeah, you know, you're probably know, right. Like... You're probably, although, although, I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, you would know more than me, but am I not right in thinking that the, the, the violinists or the musicians in these tango orchestras in the 1930s and 40s, they would probably also play in other, other dance music, right, at the time, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, that's how they would yeah. Their yeah. Living, musicians, you know? a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's true. Maybe maybe the cellists were not suitable. I just don't know. Maybe it didn't fit the origin somehow. I mean, the origin seemed quite specific, no? Like the bandonion from Central Europe and then the, the singing style from Italy and the... the, the the guitar from Spain. I mean, maybe the cello just didn't really have its place somehow. I don't know. Yeah. They just didn't like it. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a weird instrument, the cello, in the way, because actually with the, with the first piece, you can hear how it can play a low accompanying sound, but it can also take the melody. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not yeah, quite so yeah. well defined, I suppose. Maybe it was difficult right. to place it. You know, like the violin clearly is going to be the melody and the bass is clearly... Right, you know, supporting maybe the cello didn't fit somehow in their in their I vision of yeah, how the orchestra I, should be. I don't know. I think it's such an amazing instrument that it's um, nowadays. I know, like there are, we have a friend in DC who uh, plays a lot of tango, and he's a cellist. And mm -hmm. Max Maxfield. Maxfield, and my brother dated a cellist for many years. And what? <laughs> What, what was your what was your friend Max's take on that and on the on the? I didn't think about know? asking him that question. Now I want to. Yeah, well, you have to get yeah. you have to get, yeah. us, you have to get us back on. We have to get him back on. Yeah. 
because um he pretty much he plays a lot of tango. He plays a lot of duo mm. with um Annie on Bandoneon and then he'll play with Stratus's group sometimes. Well, it, yeah, it, it works wonderfully it. well. It definitely mm-hmm. does. I I mean and I know like most people I talk to they love hearing cello. And I don't know. It's really interesting to me. I don't know why I didn't think about this question before. Well, why don't we play the third piece? Let's do it, Adam. Nick Tango? How do you say this? Schnitke, yes. I, mean, I should just say a few words about this okay. one, maybe. So Schnitke, okay. was a, Schnitke was a Russian composer, a classical composer, and he's like the generation like after Shostakovich, like the generation after World War II. And he wrote a lot of music for uh, cartoons, actually, animations oh. in like the Soviet era. So this is like you know, the you know, 60s, 70s. Um, so some of his music has a bit of a cartoony kind of quality to it. But also what he loves to do is to blend, well, not really blend, but like have different styles that kind of like confront each other. So in this piece, mm. um, it's originally written for harpsichord. It was just the you know old kind of keyboard from the Baroque times, but the plucking sound and strings. And his idea, apparently, when he wrote this piece, very short, was that his great-grandmother, who was a harpsichord player, was playing his grandmother's favorite tango. So it's the idea of it's like, I mean, you don't get so much of the Baroque flavor because it's on the piano in this one, but it's the idea of like different musical worlds kind of like shock, uh, bouncing up against each other or something like that. And so we made an arrangement, my colleagues, Julianne, Stephen and myself made an arrangement of this piece for our trio for a Russian concert. And we needed a oh, short wow. piece. And I thought, well, Schnitka's Russian. So, and it's, and it's, a, it's a kind of tango. Well, you'll, you'll tell me what you think about it. Fantastic. All right. Nitke.
interesting. I loved it. Everybody loved it. <laughs> but I think you They're can get all getting a little, on the dance floor. You can imagine like how he made music for like cartoons or animation. I feel like no, you oh, can yeah, imagine absolutely. some weird kind of scenario or something. Like gets gets really angry in the middle or something or storms off or something. It's very interesting because I forgot literally short-term memory stuff happened because I was so in the music that you said that about him having now music for cartoons. But I had scenes from like Dracula and stuff in my head at one point <laughs> yes. during the, the during the song and I think I visualized the cartoon version of uh, a Dracula character. <laughs> I, it's so funny I and mean, subconscious. He's actually quite scary looking actually, Alfred Schnitke. If he, he was not Is a happy he? man, I think. Well, you know, he lived <laughs> through the Soviet era and it was not, uh, you know, it was not a happy time and he looks extremely tormented. Mm. So, oh, man. Uh, you know. I love so his name though. Yeah, I guess German origins, although he was Russian. But yeah, I think that he um, is always a bittersweet, ironic. Mm -hmm. It's always very ironic. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you sharing your music and your time and your sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> and your sexy accent. <laughs> Thank you. You're, she you're has a thing sexy for her. too. She goes a thing for British accents. British she actually accent. falls asleep watching British TV. Okay, but I have to Detective say, Chico, shows. Yes. Chico, I've not spoken to you for a while. I think your accent has got stronger, though. Oh, really? My and I don't mean your American accent. accent. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Unless I just forgot. Huh. You I seem forgot. more exotic than you used really? to be. <laughs> well, I like that. <laughs> now I will speak differently <laughs> together. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> well, thanks so much uh, for having me, guys. It was great. And, you know, congratulations for everything you're doing. And, you know, I'm sure Oh, my God. Gonna, the, congratulations to you that you had your live music concert and yeah. uh, yes. Murphy being lifted. And hopefully we'll be in the same room soon and dance i can't wait i've always had that would be lovely yeah. with you and and listening Likewise. to your music was amazing yes it Likewise. was great it was great so thank you very much you're welcome have a great evening you too thanks guys thank you gabriel be well stay safe ciao ciao or war that was nice or that war. Fantastic. You know, it's somebody I've seen all the time. Well, not all the time, but when I see him at Milongas, he's always we we always smile, maybe say hi. We never spoke really before. Really? So it was nice to have this time. Yeah, I mean he's very, very friendly. I I think I'm sort of friendly, but um you know, but just you're never both leaders and maybe not spend yeah. time at the milonga that I'm way i'm trying to pick up women he's trying to pick up women you know <laughs> we're just we're busy yeah that so. keeps you busy through the night Failing. yeah I, lo I find that fascinating sometimes like i you mentioned some people you dance with and like oh, that great conversation you had this and that and i'm like oh i want to know them more because mm -hmm. you realize like you haven't had that chance at the milonga and that's one thing I love being 
about being able to lead both roles because partly like I can feel how some of these women feel in the dance, but it also gives me a chance to have that conversation moment with them during the event that I may mm -hmm. not find the time for if I'm dancing my ass off like I did last night. Um, yeah, last night was good. I danced yeah. quite a bit too. It didn't get too hot, even though we no. didn't have air conditioning. I mean, yeah, a little air conditioning. Yeah, post about that for Saturday because uh, you wrote no AC, but we have one wall unit AC uh, mm -hmm. and at least four giant fans and windows um, mm -hmm. to air. And I think with and why do we need to post this, Chica? Who, 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 what are we speaking about? Oh, because Saturday we're having Malaleche Special Edition Adios Club 412. Adios uh, Club 412. Yes. We're, we're going to have a live music. Stratos, Achletis, Mauricio We put together Mach, a trio. Machiko Oslava. Uh, yeah. Yes. We, we did. We, you uh, did. We did a hookup. Yeah. So we, we got Machiko uh, playing along with Stratos <laughs> and Mauricio. Yeah. And that's going to be awesome. Amazing. Look forward we have to room it. for leaders. If you are a, a leader out there and want to come, you can go to the Facebook page and link, click the link to register. Yeah, or message us. We'll send you the link. Not mm -hmm. a biggie. Um, but yeah, I look forward to it. And I sort of requested a song from Stratos to sing. Awesome. I'm really yes. looking forward to it. And then Sunday, I'm going to have a a little lazy day in the backyard and you're going to come over and we're going to cook food. Yay. Yay. Um, Yay. So that's it and for next, tonight. I'm going to, yeah. And next week we have a friend from Argentina, Mario de Camilli, who's a beautiful mm -hmm. dancer, came and lived in New York for a bit, worked with Mariana Parma. We're going to have him as our guest. Uh, very interesting musicality and very unique style of dance, which I always enjoyed. So we'll see. We'll get to know him more. Sounds good. I'm going to uh, exit the show with the other version of this song by D'Agostino. Yay. So you cool. can hear that one too, and you'll hear how similar they are. Excellent. El Barrio del Tambor. And um, I will see you tomorrow, Chico. Yes, sir. Have a good night, Adamo. Good you night, too. everybody. Good night, everybody. See you in Newark tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Opa. <laughs> That's a different version. Hey, oh, I guess. Like a... That's interesting. This song won't play. Wait a minute. Let me see if I have another version of it. Huh. I never want to hear that song because I got that. Yeah. So we got the one. Let me try. Huh. For some reason, it's not playing. When I play well, it. Then play something else, Jinky. Oh, well, you think it's that easy? 
Huh? Well, play something. I need a request. Play that's in the music uh, list there. Yeah, I always there. delete those. Oh, you do? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's now, think, people. What do we want to hear? Request, guys. Troilo, Darienzo. I think. Oh, Chico. I want to exit think? in a... In between Troilo and Darianzo, since we started with Troilo, I might pick Darianzo. Alright, I'll just pick an easy one. Something upbeat. Upload it really quick. Stay, bear with me. Hopefully oh, it'll play. Oh, the first Darianzo song that was recorded, Nadamas, no? Well, I already played Nadamas, but I don't have the version. Maybe next week we'll start with that. The version. Okay. The very first... Um, Cajero Sola, I believe it's called. But we'll take this for now. Atenice. Right. 